Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast brought to you by Red Army Bet, a betting site with a difference. Not only are we offering the best available odds on a United win, we've also got exclusive special bets created by Reds. And as we share half our net profits with the United supporters community, no matter what, the fans can always end up winning. Check out our website, redarmybet.com, or download the app, Red Army Bet. Manchester United 2, Arsenal 2. I enjoyed it. I'm not saying it was the best quality game of football that I've ever seen. But it felt more like Old Trafford tonight. The atmosphere was really good and it was good until the end. And it started well too on quite a filthy night. A wet, drizzly, cold Mancunian night. And it felt like a United-Arsenal game as well. And maybe expectations have been lowered so that I'm pleased with a home draw against Arsenal. But I enjoyed it. I think there's... Been, entertainment has been lacking at Old Trafford this season. There's not been enough goals. And we saw plenty tonight. And with James Cooper from Sky, how did you feel? I tell you, you're right about it being a Manchester night. It really was Manchester conditions. I think everyone enjoyed it when the rain came down. I think we enjoyed perhaps the five bookings in the first half. As you said, you know, Jose Mourinho talks about trying to find some mad dogs. Well, by hooker, by crook, by injuries, by getting people off the uh, treatment table, he found plenty of mad dogs there, didn't he? The maddest of mad dogs was Marcus Rojo, I thought. Um, it was his first game of the season. Uh, I know his background. I know him. I've been to see his family in La Plata. He's a tough bastard. He's a street fighter. Uh, he's adored where he comes from. And when he goes back to Argentina, he stands with the ultras of his studiantes from a very humble background. And you would have no evidence when you see his family that one of their, their brothers or their son is a Premier League footballer. It's just not the done thing. And... I like all that about him. And his teammates will say that no player trains as hard as him, none is as competitive as him. And he just pops up with these mental moments like scoring for Argentina against Nigeria in the World Cup, this scream of a goal where the whole country loves him. And tonight, he took that free kick after 30 minutes. I thought it was quite brave because Arsenal had just gone ahead. It was a good free kick and it led to the goal. I, t- I tell you what, when you've got a side that there are question marks about the heart, if the... You've used bad words, so I'll say it as well. The, yeah. ball, the balls of a team. Um, he was Van Hard a little bit. They tried to make him a player who wasn't under Louis Van Hard. I think the Mad Dog was kind of taken out of him. I think what we saw today was a little bit of the Mad Dog back in him. I don't know if it was a diamond or a Superman t- t- tattoo under his ear, but today he was everywhere. And, you know, it, it wasn't polished, it wasn't beautiful, but the recovery run, yeah, ended up with an own goal. But that showed a lot of desire, and I think um, Eric Bailly kind of fed off that, and I think the crowd fed off that as well. I think one of the major complaints about Manchester United fans have towards Rojo is they wanted this enforcer they wanted this guy to um, kick people up in the air and that hasn't happened you know I think if he starts doing that that he actually might win some love here and Bayi who you mentioned I thought he did well yeah he looked like the Tibban at the end but I mean blimey you know for a guy that isn't favoured by the manager he didn't play like a, a, a man that's not favoured by a manager he couldn't come in with any attitude he played uh, his heart and soul out out there and I think you know I might be talking again on behalf of the Manchester United fans that, that I talked to they like him they like the fact that he's quick, he, he, he makes up his mind about things, he's, he's not dithering, he's not a brilliant player by any means, but there's always an argument, I'm sure you're aware of it, if, if he plays alongside someone solid who is competent, maybe we'll see a good player. Uh, you know, certainly, people seem to say better things about him than they do Chris Smalling or Phil Jones. The issue with Bailly is the manager maybe feels that if he's not 100%, then he doesn't play, and he'd like some players to play when they're not 100%, just as Alex Ferguson did. He wants them to play at 90%, and there's been several occasions where Bailly has limped out of training after a slight knock, and that is the opposite of Marcus Rojo, who wears 16 like Roy Keane and thinks there's nothing wrong with 
putting your head into a vice for an hour each morning. And then has a shot at the other end, which, which is tipped over the bar. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the sort of performance he had there. That was completely what? symbolic of a, of a Manchester United pan, uh, team with passion, with desire. Marcus Rojo had more shots on goal tonight than any other player. I tweeted that if he'd been left in charge of security, then Argentina would be able to stage Sunday's game between Boca Juniors and River Plate. He's just a mentalist, but I, I, I know he's not a Vidic, I know he's not a Ferdinand, but I don't think he should be sneered at and laughed at either. He was offered the chance to leave in the summer, he turned it down because he wants to stay at this football club. He has had times where he's had six good months here. He, there's a good player in there. He's he just had pretty bad luck with injuries. Well. I think you're right. And I think you know a lot of United fans were kind of assuming that the exit door might loom large for him and Bailly in January. And I think on the evidence of that, well, you know, they are Manchester United players and, uh, and they have got ability and they have got fight. And I think, you know, if they're going to get... You know, Jose Mourinho talked about the eight games to get to top four by the end of the year. That's not going to happen. But if he wants the Mad Dogs to get him points where he maybe wouldn't be getting points, they're two of the players who might just do that for him. I, I think... Mourinho's been told if he wants a new defender, then one of them's got to go, and I think that's fair enough. Well, I think it is, but you know, as I said, most United fans would say perhaps they've got more to offer than either Phil Jones and, and Chris Smalling, who are probably on more cash than either of those two players as well. So it's, it's a difficult one, but you're right. Someone has to go to bring someone in, and, and you can't say that's the wrong argument because two of those players, Lindelof, I know is injured, were, were brought in by Jose Mourinho in the first place. Um, I've also got to say that in the press conference there, uh, he talked about Diogo Dalot being a, a fullback for the next 10 years. I'm not sure we saw evidence of that, but what we did see was a really good debut in the Premier League. He said he could be the next Gary Neville again. I thought he played in a difficult position because there was a lot of space down that side of the pitch. Uh, and I thought he did all right. I thought he did all right when he played in, in Burn as well. And we're talking with a little bit of enthusiasm here, which maybe we wouldn't have done before the game because the mood was that flat. So that, that has returned tonight. But the statistics still don't lie. The league table still doesn't lie. United is still a long, long way from where they need to be. Yeah, closer to the bottom than they are the top. You know, they've not slipped any points on the, on the Champions League spots. But you're right, there was, there's a feeling that that was a big game. But it felt like, you know, perhaps Juventus away or, or even the Newcastle 3-2. Um, you know, this is great enthusiasm about a result, but that fear that, you know, come Fulham at the weekend, you get another Crystal Palace display. And no one can say with any certainty whether that will be repeated or not. You know, and that's where the problem lies. Everyone said on the radio today, oh, we know Jose Mourinho can get a team up for a, a game like Arsenal. That isn't the problem here. He's getting a team up for a game like Fulham on Saturday. And sadly, I wouldn't be surprised either because that has been the trend throughout this, this season. Um, conceding too many goals at home, not scoring enough goals at home, disappointing against some of the lesser teams. And yet he goes and beats Juventus. But overall, it's not good enough. No, it's not. And I, and I think he was asked a question there about a happy team. Does a happy team mean a team that without Pogba and Lukaku? You have to say it was a more effective team without either of those players. Yeah, Pogba came on and strutted around, but didn't play with the intensity of some of the players that have played for sort of 75 minutes by the time he came on. And Romelu Lukaku looked so bereft of confidence. His first touch was a nutmeg on himself. It's really difficult you feel for him because you've seen players in that sort of crosshairs at Old Trafford before and it's not a good situation to be in. He was cheered when he came on, as was Pogba, but there's a, there's a book with both of them. There were a few sort of there were a few mingled in. booze near, near to yeah. us, you know, and I think they're people who are maybe craving attention more than anything. I think the trouble is, with both those players, United fans know there are players there. You know, there are good players there. They just haven't seen them for, for whatever reason. You know, people can name or number the... Um, Pogba performances on the on the on the hand of what fingers of one hand. Talk about his debut. They talk about the second half against Manchester City, and then it sort of comes to a, a, a juddering halt. And then they talk about Romelu Lukaku being a flat trap bully. Well, hasn't even been that 
this season. So it's been flat. You know, it's, it's, it's a better night at Manchester United. We say as the rain comes down here at Old Trafford, it looks resplendent, empty. But, but there, are, there are so many question marks still and, and no, many, no not many answers coming from either the team or from Jose Mourinho at the moment. He looked quite relaxed afterwards, I thought, in the press conference. I, well, I think that's a, that's a big performance against a big team, but that, that never has been his problem. So I think he probably knew that he wasn't going to lose that game. I think he has that kind of confidence with himself. He also said, of course, that United scored four times but drew 2-2, which he was clever and was probably right. But I think he is frustrated by those mistakes and you talk about the intensity on the training field I'm told at the moment the intensity is back right up there you know but they can't iron out these mistakes and you know whether it's playing with a back five whether it's playing with two shielding midfielders it still looks too porous and, and today you know David De Gea was doing his best attempt to make Jordan Pickford look like a good goalkeeper and you get the snippets of information about maybe how certain players are training and they tend to be positive if they're coming from the club but <laughs> but Results will set the tone for everything. Yeah, I think, the they, I think they will. You know, uh, what we look at today is that players who've come under a lot of criticism uh, this season, the likes of Anthony Martial and, and, and Marcus Rashford, gave absolutely everything for the cause, and so did Jesse Lingard. Those guys couldn't walk by the time they came off the pitch. You know, I think that's an interesting one. I know Marcus uh, Martial is, is, is not a Manchester United-born player. He's not from England. He's popular. But he, but he, but he gave like a Manchester yeah, United player today. And, you know, people talk about his body language. Well, he... It may not be as, you know, out there as, as Jesse or, or as, as Marcus Rashford, but he gave everything, the three of them did. And I think, you know, again, for people looking for question marks about whether players want to play for this manager, whatever they do tonight, they were playing well and they were playing with everything they had. Do you think this manager finally will be around to play for at the turn of the new year, at the start of next season? I think that's a really good question. I think you know and I know there are a lot of chunterings about January, about, you know, trying to get rid of some, rid of some potentially the player power element here at... Old Trafford and, and whether that go, happens first and whether the manager has to go. Uh, you know, other people are saying, well, let's see what the Champions League holds, whether they can get through the next ne knockout phase and not make any uh, decisions then. I think a lot of it comes down to just who they can get through the door next. You know, I think the powers that be would love uh, Pochettino. I think there's no doubt about that. He's the favourite name here. But that, and I think he'd come. He would come. I think he'd want to build something here at Manchester United. I think it's a big enough draw, you know. And I think Jose Mourinho is aware of that. Look at all the Spurs comments over the last couple of press conferences. I think he knows that's, that's going on. He, he does, and it is, but he's not going to come mid-season. No, he's not. You know, so what do you do? Wait. Well, I think that, yeah, but would you, do you wait and, without Jose Mourinho or with Jose Mourinho? I mean, it's difficult. You know, someone made the point that in the press conferences, does he know what he's saying? This is a guy who's the, the master of press conferences at the moment, but just seems uncertain. And I think that's probably a reflection of his state of mind. I'm not sure he quite knows what he wants at the moment. And he's still in the Champions League. And I would be very surprised if Manchester United were to get to the last eight, last four to win it. But you know what? I wouldn't be completely stunned knowing what Mourinho was like no. and knowing that... Juventus, who were probably my favourites, and seeing how Real Madrid are wobbling, and seeing that this very pragmatic Barca side, they're not Guardiola's Barcelona side. There's not a standout in Europe. Liverpool have been beaten by, by Red Star Belgrade. It, it just wouldn't stun me if Manchester United... There's did. a gleam in your eye right now. Yeah, I'm just dreaming of a night in Madrid, <laughs> and it's not on Sunday for the Libertadores final, it's for the, the Champions League final in May. I don't think it'll happen, but... Strange things do happen. Yeah, you're right. It was unexpected, Turin. I mean, a lot went Manchester United's way before they got that result. But blimey, they got that result. And, and Juventus really, really reacted very badly to it. They didn't expect it to happen. I think in the same way, a lot of United fans turned up tonight at Old Trafford expecting to get humped by Arsenal on the basis of that game against Spurs, who were a very good side. But, you know, maybe that told a little bit. But, you know, Manchester United 
we were told that they were going to be steamrolled by Arsenal, this new machine from North London. Well, I think they were absolutely steamrolled Arsenal in that. They were doing it. They were leaving bits on players. They were, they were saying, you know, to Torreira, you show us you're this good player. And, and, and there was Lingard leaving a, a little bit on him. There was somebody else. And it, it was, that was classic sort of dogs of war stuff. You know, you likened it to some of the old Manchester United-Arsenal cl- clashes. It wasn't quite Pizzagate, but there was certainly well, we a lot... we don't know. It might be kicking <laughs> off downstairs. There was certainly a lot of nerve there and a lot of passion. Uh, finally, finally, you have a great affection for Ipswich Town Football Club. <laughs> My boys. And when we see problems here, and they seem huge problems when Manchester United are 7 4 8 4 6, Ipswich Town were a great, great team. Uh, I spoke to a former Barcelona player the other day and said, in the 70s and 80s, I went to England and I played against Aston Villa with Brian Little, against Ipswich Town manager by Bobby Robson and against Tottenham Hotspur with the great Glenn Hoddle. And it struck me, one, hearing a Barca player talk about Brian Little, but two, Ipswich Town, and three, how far Ipswich has fallen, because you bottom of the second tier. Yeah, Crowds considerably bottom, by the way, yeah. Yeah, it's, these are not good times, aren't they? They're not, you know, and, and I, I think Paul Lambert's got a real big job there, and one of the curses in my life is going to some of the biggest games Manchester United have ever played, and when the ball hits the back of the net, yeah, it's fun and it's exciting, but it's not Ipswich Town. Yeah. And that's when you know what, what you've got and who you support, yeah. you know. And the difficult thing is we're going to go through what other big clubs have gone through, or, you know, the, the Leeds, the Sunderlands, I think we we'll have to go into the third tier. Right. And yet anything could happen. With the Leeds and the Sunderlands, you're always going to get someone to invest, to put money in, you're going to get big crowds if it goes right. You know, I'm not sure that's quite the same at Ipswich Town. It's harder. Yeah, it really is, you know. Uh, and, and now my boys, I've got two sons, look at me and it's daddy, daddy's sad problem with Ipswich Town. One's a United fan, one's a Bolton fan. And, you know, so they look at me with sympathy rather than uh, amusement and uh, mischief. Do you get too many games? I, I see a lot. I get a lot of kind of sent to me. Uh, and I watch on the red button a lot during the week and, yeah. and all the family are down there. So, you know, maybe four or four, five times a week, but it's, it's not an easy watch. We and had some great away days at Ipswich Town. Well, my, one my, first season, my first season was... 7980 uh, was, right. was the 6-0. Was it? Where we missed two penalties that day and yeah. it should have been 8-0. So I mean that was that was incredible. That's about as good as it gets. I think during that game one Manchester United defender ran off the pitch, used the toilet and ran back on the pitch. Is that right? Yeah. I'm going to double check that. It's de- it was definitely against Ipswich away and I think it was in the 6-0. In my mind's eye I can see every goal going through Gary Bailey's legs as yeah. well. It was just one of those things. And, and, and like no one knew how special it was then. And our fanzine is called Those Were The Days. And yeah. that, that shows you... It's a good fanzine as well. It, it's a very good fanzine, but it shows you that, you know, it's all built on that. And um, it's, it's very sad what's happening right there. And you never can see yourself coming back into the Premier League or you're just hopeful for the day, didn't you, No, I, I, you know, and the, the difficult thing is that everyone was moaning this time last year about Mick McCarthy, you know, and, and so many people said, be careful what you wish for. It's proved to be right, you know. The best we can hope for, I think, was being mid-table in the championship. And he did that time and time again with no resources. And now, look, you know, it's quicksand. And you can see the attendance is just slipping by a 1,000 each year. You know, and I, and I think it's going to sound really patronising this, but I don't think football matters in a place like Ipswich like it does in, in Manchester. That's, yeah. how, that's, you know, that's my... I mean, being in Manchester for 20 years, it, it, this, is, this is in people's blood, this place. I mean, I you're, lucky you've got two, you're lucky you've got two great teams. Which two? With history. <laughs> to <Bot> be fair. <laughs> One building a history, perhaps. Uh, uh, whether fairly or not is another debate but what you say there is what someone said to me in Bristol last year Bristol City were doing very well and they said it's a big city but it's just not a football city like you get in the north of of England and I've said many times that when I wrote my Derby's book and I travelled around the world to write it in the the mid-noughties I found nowhere on earth where football mattered as much as in the north of England and that means Liverpool, 
Manchester, yep. Newcastle, and also Glasgow in Scotland. Yeah, no doubt and, about and it. it. mattered more than Barcelona. Argentina football is really, really important. But here, uh, you, people who never go to games have got strong opinions on football. It, it, can, it, it, it can just affect the whole mood of a city. Mm. It really can. And, you know, there's that cliche that what are people talking about in the pubs? Well, you know, I don't go to many pubs. So I go to the gym. And everyone in the gym is talking about what happens on the football pitch at either the Etihad or here at Old Trafford. It really is. It's not, not us overplaying that. And I think it is in the blood and in the water here. And it means more, which, you know, it's difficult when I'm passionate about Ipswich Town. But, as I say, it's my curse to see your club you know, it's highs and lows, and, and, there's not, and there's nothing in the middle with your club, by the way. No, I nothing know. in the middle. It's, it's, it's either skyscrapers or yeah. it's down in the depths. Yeah, and the wind's set, all that's home. Well, United didn't get a win tonight, but he got a draw against Arsenal. And hopefully, as Jose Mourinho said, they'll be able to get a win against a very struggling Fulham team. I'm sure he'll Saturday. be delighted to see Claudio Ranieri having, you know, worn his T-shirt, didn't he? The last time we talked about Claudio Ranieri yeah. with Jose Mourinho because he'd been unfairly done by. Yeah. Leicester City. I wonder if that kind of uh, bonhomie will extend to this weekend. I can't see that happening. We shall see. Thank you very much for your time. Cheers. It's post-match after United 2, Arsenal 2. Um, it, you, it's John Ashton speaking. Uh, and I'm alongside um, some of the sellers tonight. I'm with Anthony Shaw, Ben Alt, and Stu Edwards filling in for Steve Armstrong again. Um, and you know things are pretty bad at Old Trafford when Steve Armstrong misses three home games in a row. I don't think he's... Um, I don't think he's been away from Old Trafford this long since since we actually got moved uh, during the war. But uh, we'll hope to have Steve back this weekend. Um, lads, I don't know about you lads, but I found that quite an enjoyable game. Um, if, I've just read on the BBC website that it described it as chaotic. Did that sum it up for you, Stu? Uh, yeah, I reckon so. Uh, but, but Chaotic, but certainly more enjoyable. Uh, I think we'd all obviously like maybe a few more shots on target. But overall, if I'd have took that before the game, you know, Scored a couple of goals. Uh, just more passion throughout the team, I think. Uh, more energy all, all throughout the team. You know, two or three players coming coming into the. How much about to crash? Uh, two or three players coming back into the fold, obviously. Uh, so you, you, no one really knew what to expect. Obviously, I'm mainly talking about uh, you know Bailey and uh, Rojo, but both did very good jobs. Um, and yeah, just generally just energy all over the pitch. Rashford ran his. You know, socks off as, as, as ever, really. Uh, things changed a bit later on, but I'm sure we'll come on to that when we made a few subs. And your thoughts on the game? Well, I said this afternoon that I just wanted to see a bit of effort and, you know, players not playing games with the manager. Um, were, were you surprised with the team selection today? I, I, I was, but it's, I think it's clear that I think there's a bit of an irreparable relationship with Mourinho and Pogba now. So, whilst he was out, it was not a surprise. Um, I thought his performance, Pogba's performance on Saturday was a bit of a disgrace. Um, I thought you could really see that he didn't really care much about, you know, um, putting much effort in. And, you know, he's got his reasons for... um, He's got his reasons for being frustrated, but at the same time, there's 3,000 reasons in the away end why he should have, you know, put a better shift in on Saturday. But all in all, like I was saying this afternoon, I thought um, I just wanted to see a bit of effort from United. I wanted to see them get at Arsenal. And whilst you know it's not getting at them in the sense that it was 10 years ago, um, I was really impressed with the effort tonight. And see, see we, we joked at one point in the game that it was almost a, a team that you sort of saw that Fergie had picked it 
in a sense that it, it was baffling in a sense, but it was one that was sent out there from minute one to get stuck into them, to, to put them under pressure and just test the metal. And, and, and in the end, they, they did look like a typical old Arsenal team um, who, who folded a little bit. What was your thoughts, Ben? Um, similar to that, more entertaining, uh, better to watch, actually. Enjoyed a game of football at Old Trafford for the first time, probably this season. Um, probably a lack of quality, weren't they, in the, in the, in the team, but... Like what Anthony said, they, they worked hard, they put a lot of effort in. It was just like, right, we're not as good, but let's just try and kick them a little bit, rough them up, get the ball, get the second ball, try and try and break it on the attack. And we had a bit of pace to do that tonight. And I don't know about anyone else, but the ball seemed to go forward a lot more in the first half quicker. It's all right, it might have been a bit of an oof, but pressing eye up the field, getting it back and then attacking. So... I think that's all we want to see at the moment, isn't it? I mean, we know it's not good quality, but I'd rather watch that than Palace at home at any time and Southampton, Southampton yeah. any day of the week because that's just not what Man United's all about. I think, I think as well, if we'd have had a couple of um, better technical players than, than we had tonight, one or two, I think we'd have beat Arsenal. And um, I thought a big moment in the match was um, Martial going off because I, th- I thought our... Um, I will come to that in a little bit later because because I mean, that's going to be quite a blow for us if, he, if he's out for any substantial period. Um, I, I was thinking, watching the game before, you, you're kind of thinking to yourself, it had all the, the blood and guts and the thunder of, of the old United Arsenal games from when, you know when they were both in the pump. But yeah. is it just is there a glaring lack of quality there though now, Stu, compared to, to you know the teams that we we grew up watching? I think so, but at the same time, again before before kick off, everyone was thinking you know we're gonna get we're gonna get done tonight. Uh, that's the most fucking. Christmas decorated. The, 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 the studios just drove round a, a somewhat, somewhat sombre looking uh, Christmas decorated. <laughs> Jesus, Blackpool. Um, yeah, to get the electric bill. Yeah, before tonight, um, I think everyone was, you know, it was a bit doom and gloom and just expecting Arsenal, who have been, you know, a different Arsenal by all accounts. I've seen them a couple of times to, to rock up tonight and get the first win here in 12 seasons. Uh, that's not happened. So, what does that say about Arsenal? You know, okay, they're eight points ahead of us. I, I, I wasn't impressed with Arsenal at all tonight. No. I mean, I was looking around the team and I didn't recognise half the team. No, it? I think they were, um, again, like you said before, the word forwarded a little bit. I didn't think, I, I, you know, the front two didn't really do much. And yeah, again, they had a couple of nigglers in midfield. Um, we didn't have a great deal to do at the back, I suppose, because again, we didn't do that much in the final third again, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I think considering everyone's meant to be, uh, you know, getting a bit carried away with, with this Arsenal team um, and what they've been doing recently, um, they didn't impress much tonight, to be fair. From what you say from that, and do, do you think tonight, then, with the way the game's gone and with the form going into the game, was that one point gained or three drops? I think two it, drops, yeah, I think it's two dropped. Um, I, I, I thought when I seen the team, I just thought United would win. Um, maybe I'm thinking of the Arsenal of old. Maybe I'm being unfair to them. Um, but I just, I just think at the end of the day, they're coming to United Old Trafford on a Wednesday night. We'll do what we've always done to them. And whilst it didn't, it, it almost went that way. I just think we, we were just lacking a little bit of, you know, quality. Um, our centre backs needed. You always need three touches to control the ball, don't they? Rather than just getting it forward quick, and it's the same with Matic. And I, I, I don't know about everybody else, but I just thought there was a couple of players in our team that really stood out technically tonight. And I, I thought Matic, you know, he wants about He's so off the pace. Touches, it? yeah. It's yeah, yeah, interesting one with Matic because the fans seem to be able to spot this for quite some time now. Yeah, he's the one player who always seems to be present in in Mourinho's team every game. 
yeah, just he, he looks from the, the moment the whistle goes, just looks leggy. He looks like an old man yeah, playing midfield, doesn't he? He, he looks leggy, and then, legs have gone. and then when he gets the ball, he seems to he seems to be even leggy on the ball. He's like he's lost a bit of his composure of getting it, simply getting us on the attack but again. Considering a player who's been in, the, in this league for such a long time, he, he almost looks like a player who's new to the league, doesn't he? He's, you know, not, not picked minutes, up the pace yeah, again. After yeah. twenty minutes, there he gets fouled. He looks like you're someone at the end of like an action film, like. When they, when they come on, yeah, yeah. I think it's that style of player, isn't it? As well, I think I think two three years ago, yeah. But I think every no, not not just for top two or three teams now in the league, but most most teams in the Premier League have got a different type of midfielder, and it's not that lethargic looking. I'll just control the ball and you know pass it sideways. He didn't do much wrong tonight, but again, he's not. He's never gonna. He's never gonna create a, a chance or drive forward or you know. Do, do a defence-cutting pass, is he? Well, he always looks to me, he looks like a defensive midfielder who needs someone alongside him to do his running for him, which kind of, he kind of takes up two positions to was, do one person's job. Bailey tonight. <laughs> um, a couple of, couple of players come back into the team that haven't featured much. Um, one who sort of took the game by the scruff of the neck, particularly the free kick, but then in typical fashion was horrendous for the, uh, the Arsenal <laughs> second goal. But I know as a, a player you're a big fan of, uh, Ant Marcus Rovo. Well, I have to be honest, he was awful for that second goal, but he was a breath of fresh air, I thought, that first half. You know, he was passing the ball forward quick. And I, I think I think I, put, um, I summed it up quite well tonight when I said about the Old Trafford crowd. They don't want they, they groan when he passes the ball back. They groan when he moves it forward. Then when he tries to play football and pass it to his non-existent midfield, they, the ball ends up in the back of our net. So does anyone think you know, we need a, to give him a bit of a... Does anyone think it's a January shot window performance? Maybe. Well, I think that's a bit unfair on him, mate. Because I think, is that his first start in how long? Yeah, it's been a while. The thing thing I always find with Mourinho is, though, he's very much flavour of the month with certain footballers. And, you know, you have one bad game, that's it, you're out of the team, you have a good game, and you're in it for a few weeks. Uh, Yeah, and I really don't like that as well. I I agree 100%. I think when her, that never works for Herrera. Herrera's always a footballer, that. He probably has a stinker. Well, I was just about to come to Herrera because I, 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 yeah. personally I thought Herrera was our best. But we'll give the man yeah. a match then. But I thought he was our best player today. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought he did. Compared to the game he had at City when he were absolutely awful tonight, he did the basics right again. He did Matic's running. He got stuck in and he got us going forward quick quickly. He's, he's never going to be a defence splitting pass kind of guy, but he's irritating in him when he's in that mode. He, what, we, what we've just said there, because this was something Nant said to me during the game, actually, was that with this whole flavour of the month with Mourinho thing, when Herrera does have a bad game, he no. really does have yeah, a bad yeah, game, yeah. doesn't he? You know, he, he, he does stink funny. the place out, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. When, he, when he is bad. Um, I, I think though, you have to pick you. He's, he's in our best team, isn't he? And as sad, as sad of a situation that is, what's the point in keep taking players in, taking them out? Well, it, our this, best team is our best team. This, this is mean. what you, I, 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 I still don't think he knows what his best team is. And again, he's, he's plucking players out. And, and again, you'll go to play against Fulham on Saturday and it, everything will be completely changed again. And that's why I, I struggle to see how we can ever build that consistency or any sort of team when he's doing it, winging every game on a, on a game-to-game basis. And that comes back to, again, we always seem to come back to the midfield in most weeks. Where was Fred again tonight? And on, on my bench... So well, not, on the bench, no, that's what I'm saying. So £50 million pounds to be a sixth choice. Yeah, and we've got our three most ever 
expensive signings at the club sat on the bench. That wouldn't happen at any other team either. We know why Pogba was sat on the bench uh, and probably Lukaku and you know Fellaini, but to have your three dearest ever players. It does speak volumes. Well, I mean, he'll moan about this though, but I mean, he has to take some responsibility, doesn't he? Because he's the one who bought those players. Well, yeah, he was always going to drop <laughs> drop Pogba by all accounts after if that was true, which we're led to believe it was what he said about him. Um, Lukaku, we thought he was undroppable, but he has dropped him. Uh, Rashford certainly ran his, uh, like I said, ran his cock off tonight, and probably ran, you know, ran 11, you know, 10, 11, 12 miles. And certainly, you know, even when Lukaku come on, you're thinking, you've, you know, you've been on the pitch for five, ten minutes, and he still didn't look like he was, gonna, you know, willing to chase things down. Uh, so fair play to Rashford. He, he took his chance. He didn't have a chance as such tonight in regards to scoring, but overall, uh, he's probably close to man of the match for me. One major downside from tonight: um, Anthony Martial going off, hobbling off injured. Yeah, yeah. He was. Um, I thought he had a good game. Actually, looked really dangerous. Didn't really come off very much, but it weren't through you know lack of effort. And he obviously got fouled for the free kick and scored as well. But he was. Um, he didn't really create much. Well, the injury came to, from really, really, yeah. chase back, didn't he? Mm. So yeah. He yeah. Does challenge. anyone know? Is there any word on the, the severity of it? Yeah. Has anyone heard? No, not anything. Because I mean, if he was out, if he was, if he used to be out for a month, I mean, we might as well pack it in now, haven't we? Just, just call it a day for the season and wish ourselves well and, and have a season. Yeah, well, enjoy your summer, enjoy your summer holidays, lads. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wrap things up now. Um, I'm just gonna come to who you thought United's uh, man of the match was today. Marl um, Herrera as well, yeah. Yeah. I'd say Herrera or Rashford, but I'll probably stick with Herrera. Stu, yeah. you'll probably pick someone stupid. Are you pick Ashley Young or something, or De Gea or someone like that? Definitely not De Gea tonight, no. No, again, those two, I just think Rashford, simply because we know he's not an out-and-out striker, but he just runs teams ragged. I think he just scares teams. Um, so difficult to choose between Herrera, because, again, Herrera's put a massive shift in tonight and got stuck into their midfield, and, you know, he did what he does best. He's a little snide bastard, isn't he? That's what we love about him. Um, so hopefully that'll continue Saturday and into next week and Anfield away, but um, no, I'm going to be Rashford tonight. Yeah, um, I'm going to go Herrera as well, but Rashford wouldn't have been a million miles away, so for once we're actually all in agreement. Um, now we're going to wrap things up with that. Um, with a bit of luck, Steve will be back um, for the game against Fulham on Saturday for a fourth-day seller, so it's probably just going to be Steve and Bloomy doing this. Um, uh, I think Bloomy's been conscripted into it as he swerved yet another uh, midweek drizzly night. But we'll call it a day with that. Thanks very much for listening. So it's Andy again. Cheers for everyone who bought the mag before and after the Arsenal game uh, we needed some support because fanzine sales tend to drop off in the winter and there's been a real flatness around the club and that doesn't help us at all so a lot of people supported us and we do that because we can't do what we do for free and a lot of you like what we do the writing, the podcast or whatever but we just can't do everything for free so we do appreciate your support and one thing we're doing for Christmas is if you want to buy someone a subscription to United We Stand uh, they'll get 10 issues and we'll send a personalised letter. So say you buy one for your dad, for example, or your brother, and your brother's called, I don't know, Marcus Rojo. We'll send him a letter saying, Dear Marcus, this is uh, the first of 10 issues of United We Stand, and this is from your, your brother, something like that. Uh, so please consider that. Um, be good to have as many people subscribing as possible. That's for people who, who don't get to the games to buy the mag. And as John said, we'll be bringing you the next podcast from Fulham on Saturday. And then I'm going to go to the Libertadores final on Sunday. And then I'll be doing the podcast from Valencia next week. So busy times for Manchester United. Uh, let's hope we get some decent results. Until the next time, goodbye. 
Thanks for listening to the latest United We Stand podcast brought to you by Red Army Bet. We offer the best available odds on a United win as well as a host of special bets created by Reds. With half our net profits being donated to United supporters groups, Red Army Bet is about fans, by fans, for fans. Check out our website, redarmybet.com or download the app. Red Army Bet, we all follow United.